Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. And today, we're going to be talking about what systems can make or break your custom home design. Now, we're in the middle of a series, so I'm going to recap real quick. We went through discovering your DNA early on in this series, talking about your custom home. Then we went through schematic design, the layout, what the concept is of the design, and those steps. If you haven't listened to those, please go check those out. But for today, if you're interested in learning about the systems of your house and how it can benefit your design, it's okay to start here. Last week, we talked about materials as part of design development. Today, we're talking about the systems that go in those materials when you're building. Now, that's going to range from mechanical. A lot of people call that air conditioning. Plumbing, that's also somewhat included in mechanical. And the electrical design, electrical system of your home. And then today, one of the biggest ones is data systems. Those four things are the major systems that are going to be in your home. There are other ones, but those are the four. So we'll talk about those today. Now, it may seem like, hey, I want my house to look a certain way, feel a certain way, and then I'll just let the engineers do the systems part. But in a real home where everything's integrated, all those matter. I'm going to start out with a little story. When I was 16, I was hanging out with Larissa, who is now my wife, and I was just becoming sure that when I went to college, I was going to do architecture. And we were hanging out in my house and there was a couple other people. My friend Suli was over too. And we were hanging out and I, I just remember looking and I could see the AC vent on the wall. And I was thinking, why is that just the afterthought? Everyone puts all this stuff into the room, right? That's supposed to make it look a certain way and have a certain feel to it. And then almost every building had the same AC vent stuck on the wall or in the ceiling. And I remember talking to her and at the time we didn't know we were going to get married. We thought Luritz and I are just friends. And I was like, one day I'm going to make like these AC vents. It's going to look just as cool. It's going to be just as important part of the building as the door or the wall finish. And it's going to make the space feel even better. And little did I know that from that time on, that's over 20 years now, I've been on this path of trying to find ways to provide you a holistic solution and be a resource for you to have a design in a room that is completely designed, completely thought out, and not just a piece here or a piece there. And so today I'm going to go over some of the practical things. It's like what to look for in your house with systems, but we're also going to be talking about how we can make those integrated into the experience of our senses in the house as well. So the first one we'll talk about is electrical. So if you're building a new home, you want to make sure that you're using efficient fixtures, right? That the panel you've got in your home, most typical homes will use like a new 200 amp panel. And you're going to want to make sure you're using things that are like LED, energy efficient items, energy efficient air conditioner, you have the correct breakers, things like that, so that the system is operating properly, that it's grounded, that it's been 
placed into the ground correctly so that you don't have the system electrocuting other things. There's all type of safety issues that will come into place. You want to make sure that your fire smoke detector is integrated into that system. And if you just stop there and then you start picking fixtures, I want these handles or I want these switches or whatever. It may not just get you where you want. What I mean by that is just letting the builder, letting the electrical contractor or even the architect just use their base spec on what those things are. So you may say like, I want a USB plug now. Like that's super popular now. People want a USB. But if you just stop there, you may be missing an opportunity to think about light. So one project I recently finished, which if you want to see one of our projects, this is just going to be a plug, but I also think it's a benefit for you. On June 18th in Orlando, we're going to be having a home in the Parade of Homes this year. And this home is pretty much a case study of all these things I'm going to talk about today, mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Every detail in this house, we were given freedom by the owner to just have at it and do all the minimalist details for them that we could provide. In this home, there is a hallway with 12 doors, and it's really long, and the light was done in a certain way to create a soft atmosphere in this long hallway. But the code required outlets and switches were sticking out in the hall, and they just create weird shadow lines. It only sticks out from the wall a quarter of an inch, right? But when you're trying to create smooth light, that quarter of an inch will actually end up casting another shadow down the hallway. So we found several different methods of recessing the electrical plates in the wall so that they don't create those shadow lines. Additionally, most of the houses we do now use the round nest thermometer, and there's some plaster products that you can buy that actually create like an ergonomic recessed circular finger hole so that that can be recessed as well. So when you walk down this hallway, all the things that you need are still there. Even the smoke detectors are uh, recessed in the ceiling so that you are not looking at multiple things. Sonos makes speakers that are recessed in the ceiling. So you're not looking at the certain things you don't want. You can focus on the nice family photo you've got at the end of the hallway or the piece of sculpture that you've placed in there. And so that brings into focus the things that you're wanting people to see. And some other things that are available now too are in this house, you'd also be able to see there's custom tile that we had made and we didn't just want to put an electrical plate on it in the kitchen. So there's some reverse installed outlets by Bocce that all you see are the holes for the electrical receptacle so that the tile and the composition that you've created is what stands out. I was talking to my buddy. He's a builder in uh, Colorado, and I had just finished doing this backsplash with the minimalist receptacles, and I it was really cool. They had a very complex tile pattern, and what they said they've been doing in their area is they were to hire an artist to paint that tile pattern on the electrical plate, and in some cases, they would get a special print, and it would end up costing, with all the work involved and everything, about $800, but you still had this electrical plate there. And it's a pretty good step into trying to make integrated systems, but it is really nice to actually have the thing out of there and have everything lined up to give you that real minimalist 
intentional feel. So when you have these different devices like that, they give you even a subconscious sense of intentionality and a subconscious sense of additional minimalism as far as your senses. So there's less things calling out to you on the wall. Like you don't have the painting and the shadow that maybe the frame of that painting is making on the wall right next to, let's say, your thermostat is sticking out as well. And you've picked this nice fixture of light that's casting on it or lights coming in through the window and creating multiple shadows. So remember what we're doing with the home is we're using light and shadow on surfaces to create the experience and move you through the home or allow you to rest in certain places in the home. So just keep in mind with all the different things you're doing that there's going to be opportunities and things to look for to re-emphasize the main ideas of those rooms. And so in some cases, part of the light or lighting fixture or electrical fixture may be the emphasis. A lot of people may have like a chandelier or something like that, that you don't want the other lights to be competing with. You don't want the other switches in the room or the receptacles to compete with. So moving on as far as plumbing. So when you're doing your home, you're going to want to make sure that you have an efficient water heater. A lot of people are going to tankless water heaters and even outdoor gas ones. But if that's not available in your area, the electrical ones have become more efficient as well. Some people still prefer the tank and the tank ones now you can get with really exciting features that that can benefit you as well, which is the smart water heater, the one that notifies you if there's a, a leak in the pan, the one that notifies you that if it's not working efficiently or a myriad of things. One of the biggest ones I would say you need to have in your home in addition to all the new technology things, a recirculated hot water pump on a timer. That will make sure the farthest fixture in your house, let's say, and a lot of times in like the master bedroom is far away from the garage or where the water heater is, or if it's outside, it'll be very far. The recirculating pump makes sure you're not waiting five minutes for hot water. And the timer makes sure that that's only working to circulate the hot water at the time of day when you'd actually need it. So you take showers in the morning and after your workout at the end of the day, so it's seven o'clock or seven in the morning, like 30 minutes before that, it will start heating it up for you. In the kitchen, let's say, you know, you're always going to cook at five. So at 4.30, it'll start circulating that hot water so that you can get to those things quicker. So that's like the systems, right? You're wanting to make sure it's running efficiently that you're, you've got a, a water heater that's not wasting in its capacity to provide you hot water. But you also have fixtures now that will really, really help with cleanliness. So with plumbing, it's a lot of, about cleanliness, right? So one of the biggest ones, and if you, ever, <laughs> if you ever went to Home Depot, you'd notice if you look down the toilets, and this was not just Home Depot, but that's where most people will see toilets, is a bunch of pee traps, right? And I think I feel everybody's pain when I say getting down, cleaning around a pee trap to somehow ends up with pee and dust and just all kind of nasty stuff on it over the years, especially if like you keep your brush behind the toilet, is just a pain to deal with. So one of the quickest things you can do is switch to a toilet design that doesn't have an exposed pee trap that has smooth sides that helps with hygiene and cleaning in your room. And there's all type of fixtures coming out now that are just more simple and easier to deal with 
One of the other ones is a rain shower head. So we've been putting in the ceiling recessed rain shower heads. And it's interesting to me, not only are those out of the way more and they're not shooting water across, which I think is more wasteful, but they don't build up scum and calcium on them quite as quick as an angled uh, shower head. Now, some people still like those, but they one, this reduces the visual impact in the room of having this shower head. And it also has a, a hygienic function as well. And just there's always opportunities with your plumbing fixtures to reduce lines, to reduce edges, to increase hygienic properties in the plumbing fixtures, while at the same time, reemphasizing the design concept or design idea that you've got. And moving on to HVAC or air conditioning. Now, a lot of people just want to be X temperature, they want to be cool. All that is also related to the insulation of your home, how airtight your windows are, how much you leave your doors open and, and things like that. But you really want to talk about your lifestyle with your architect when you're designing your home. For instance, a lot of people want these folding doors that open and have a 20-foot wide window leading out to a pool, and that creates a huge opening into the house. Now, that scenario creates a different scenario in the HVAC system. If you want to keep the doors open while the HVAC is on, you need a different HVAC system. There's also the opportunity to put an air curtain in front of those doors that can come on when the doors open, when you walk past it. There's different options you can do there. But that's just one example of the functionality of your HVAC system. There's also an energy efficient rating, S-E-E-R, SEER is what a lot of people call it. And there's like a minimum that the code requires, but the higher the rating, the more efficient your system will be. You also want to make sure that you've properly insulated air conditioning ducts, right? So you're not having loss of the intended temperature. You want to make sure that the grills that go into each room are the correct size and have the correct CFM or cubic foot per minute for the room of air exchange and supply because you also will need a, a return. So there's this whole way that the system is going to work in your house and you want to make sure you have a licensed engineer and a licensed air conditioning contractor working on your home design so that those things are going to serve you and run for a long time. And uh, one of the biggest ones is a lot of people will oversize the system. I just want the biggest AC system I can get. And that's not always good because you're removing humidity and setting the humidity level for the house. And if, if you're able to cool the house down in like one second, then you're not going to be actually conditioning the room. It'll just say the temperature on the thermostat, but the air and humidity in the home may not be correct. So what a lot of people are going to nowadays is a multi-stage or variable system or slash variable system. And that way it has the ability to step up or step down what it's doing in the home. So instead of just getting a, a straight system that's just going to be pumping air into the home cooling or heating, that's something that you're going to want to make sure is not only being specified by your design team, but also the builder and ultimately the air conditioning contractors putting in the home. So you want to make sure you check it and you get a submittal before they purchase it. And once it's in, make sure the correct thing arrived, run it by your design team if you're unsure, 
when you should be getting them to check the submittals anyway. One of my favorite parts is there are so many opportunities today. So one of our standards is the grills for the air conditioning closet. If the return is in the door, it's built into the door. So there's not a grill that's stuck on stuck onto the door. If it's a return grill and a wall or ceiling, we use a minimalist one that is mudded in before the drywall sequence is complete, before the plaster and smooth finish goes on. Those are installed. So when you have those, all you have in the wall is a line where the air is coming out instead of a big thing with screws on it that's sticking on the wall. And so you still see something because the air has to come out of somewhere. But again, it's not creating those shadow lines or the visual impact that's competing with your competing with your main goals for your space. That one, because those items tend to be larger, will have a bigger impact on the design. And a lot of times those items are in areas of walls or ceilings that you want to make sure have that intentional focus. And with fans, it's always been a toss-up for me. Fans can tend to dominate a room, right? So you walk into a room and it's just like, oh my gosh, this bedroom has a five-foot diameter fan in it and the room's 15-foot wide. It's taken up a third of the ceiling. And I have gone (laughs) to, one, trying to use the most minimalist design fan you can, but there's also bladeless ceiling fans, which create a natural airflow feeling in the room, but you still feel something. So there, you want to think about what your intent for airflow and sleep is in the room so that you may want to be able to have air blowing or air movement or background noise in the room, but not a huge fan. I personally don't mind fan, but I try to go for the smallest fan I can because it's just about keeping movement in the room without running the AC system. And there's options with the AC system and um, ducts that can move air through your room without the AC on or running the whole system. There's inline fans that you can buy that will also help with the minimalist feeling or space that you're trying to create in your home. So keep those in mind. There's a lot of options out there and it's some of the most exciting stuff. The last one is data. So one of the simplest ones is we're almost all using USB or USB-C nowadays. Most of the stuff that's plugged in are those items. So you wanna make sure your outlets are coordinated so that you're having those installed as well. And all the stuff I mentioned about electrical, the data outlets come in these minimalist things that you can do as well. But data can quickly become one of the most haphazard items in a home, just like stuff stuck everywhere, modems here, cables here, everywhere. So you want to make sure that you've got a area dedicated to all the, the data and wireless items in your home. And if you're going to use a wireless repeater or like a web type thing, they also sell the recessed elements for those as well that you can put in your home so that you don't just have a a wireless access point or a piece of a wireless web just hanging out in a room randomly. And don't put that to the end. A lot of people go, I'll just do the data myself. I'll do the internet myself. I can figure it out. I'm just going to plug stuff in. And then you've got wires everywhere, surface mounted wires. You want to make sure that you run extra conduit in your home to areas where you think you may have data needs in the future. That's one of the biggest ones that's growing in a home. So you want to make sure your capacity is there so that you're not running 
a wire across the top of a picture frame and down. I mean, I've seen so many different things done after the fact. I've even had it in one jurisdiction I'm working in for a house. You have to get a data permit, which up until last year, I'd never heard of before. But I think it's becoming such an integral part of our lives that they've started to regulate it more. So the main thing I want you to keep in mind today is a lot of times people think I'm hiring my architect. They're going to make windows, doors, walls. And if you've hired your architect, like like I'm an interior designer as well, hire your architect to do your finishes and that's it. But all those system elements are really that. I don't even want, I was going to say icing on the cake, but I don't think that I want to say that it's the ingredient that is actually going to set the home apart for you, for people to experience as something that's intentional, something that's meaningful, something that is connected to you because you've worked on those areas where your hands are touching or areas where you don't need to touch anymore because you've done it right. You don't need to mess around with stuff. So this is one of my favorite episodes. I'm actually, I think I'm trying to tease you guys because this is the thing I enjoy designing for people and implementing in a home for people the most. And I look forward to being able to provide that for you and helping you go from having a dream of a home to living in the home of your dreams. Once again, join us next Friday. We have a new episode every Friday. This was the second part of the design development. So we did materials and systems and next week will be the third part. So join us for that. And If you're interested in starting the design of your home and you own your property, go to ca-rd.com, click on book a consultation, and we'll start walking with you through all the steps for your custom home. If you don't own your property and you want to know where do I start, what do I do? I talk to the bank, got to pick out where I live and what I want to go in this home. We'll walk you through how to start those three steps so that you can get the home of your dreams designed and then go to living in the home of your dreams. If you're in town June 18th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. in Orlando, we'd love for you to stop by the Parade of Homes home that we've got this year and uh, go to ca-rd.com to get the address and more information. We've got pictures of the home on the, the link there for the Parade of Homes website. And on the job, we also have a, a video from the owners that's on our website. And I think it would just it's a fun thing to get you inspired for your home. We are obsessed with you having a successful custom home experience and living in it for many years to come. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. This is J.D. Carling, your architect. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.